Hello, and welcome back to this latest episode, the number of which I have forgotten, uh, of the Miramichi Historical Linkages podcast. Uh, so uh, we're back again. Uh, I am Sean McCarthy, joined today once again by Tasha Smith, Sarah Ward, and Alison Paradis. Um, today, we'll be speaking a little bit about the recent trip that Tasha and I took uh, to the, uh, the Portage Trails on the, uh, the McKee Brook and the Gordon Meadow Brook that linked us to those two bodies of water together that we took alongside of uh, Tim Humes. And uh, yeah, and we've we've got some we've got some photos of uh, of that event from Tasha, which I will send to uh, our videographer Andrew, which hopefully maybe can be kind of put in uh, to this uh, sequence uh, in this, this episode. So I've kind of just sprung that on Andrew, and he's not here to be able to defend himself. <laughs> so uh, there we are. So that's something that I'm promising that hopefully he can deliver. Uh, but um, but yeah, so uh, welcome everybody. How's how's has everybody been since last we all spoke? Good. I'm excited to hear about the portage trails because uh, I didn't go because of who I am as a person, but also <laughs> because of uh, life being busy on our end. But I yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys have been up to. How's everybody else? Enough about me. That sounds interesting. I like to, to hear about it. I, I, I had Tim come to my class when I was teaching and he talked about the Portage Trail and it seemed to be very interesting, but um, I guess I'm at the age where I have to take get stories from other people that went through the trail because right now I'm like, I like to go, but some things I can't climb no more. <laughs> well, it was well, a full day for sure. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Yes, Tasha, it was. Oh, no. I just wanted to answer your question. Like, I'm well, too. Thank you guys for asking. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. I was going to say something about those trails, and it slipped my mind already. Oh, uh, you're talking about the terrain and stuff. Yeah, because it's like, uh, well, it's a portage, right? So you're, like, going through it, and you can step over roots and see all the different tracks. But they were really creative, and they put these, like, boardwalks in there, too, which are beneficial for multiple reasons when especially if like you know weather changes throughout the year but uh, uh sean do you remember if tim said that one of the trails was accessible for everybody i just can't remember which trail he said it was out of the circuit um i'm not entirely sure i think i think the the trail that we were on you know what i mean it's certainly open to anybody that wants to that wants to utilize it and i think he's mm. he certainly made mention of the fact that if people are interested in just using it as kind of a hiking trail that's something that you know mm. they're they're very open to it's six kilometers so that's a pretty good that's a pretty good hike um and you know you get to see you get to see a fair bit of uh see a fair bit of country not only walking the trail but also getting there um as tasha you know uh we, we got ourselves a bit of a, a bit of a guided experience uh, with Tim kind of stopping and showing us some points, even just along the uh, along the road as we were driving. Um, so that that was a, that was very beneficial. But um, but with, with regard to this story, maybe uh, as I find with so many stories, it's always best to begin at the beginning. Um, so 
uh, I know I knew Tim from my time with Friends of Bears. Uh, he was somebody that worked very closely with us and helped us with the restoration of the trails on Bears Island. But for eight years, I had heard a lot about the the restored trail network, the the, the portage trails, uh, the ancient portage trails that he uh, was working on with Trails New Brunswick and Canoe Kayak New Brunswick and a number of other partners. Uh, but I'd never actually seen them. Um, so this was a this was a great opportunity for me to kind of get out and uh, have a look. I mean, I'd seen the 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 very detailed slideshow that uh, that Tim had done in the past, one that's kind of a, an ever growing presentation. And if you have a chance to see it, I would certainly recommend it. it, it it's been, it's very informative. But uh, but Tasha, I know you and your research uh, kind of got to know Tim a little bit through references with uh, with Bobby Doyle talking to him about the portage trails as well. So maybe uh, can you pick up the story uh, from there? Absolutely, yes, you're right. Um, coincidentally, literally my first interview after getting this position with you guys, I had with uh, Nelson Cloud, and he is the one that brought up uh, these ancient First Nation portage trails to my attention because I didn't hear anything about them, and that was one of his reasons of bringing it up is that there's not enough awareness for it and um because it takes a lot of work to keep maintaining these trails so he was saying more awareness would bring hopefully more uh volunteers and like just uh sharing public awareness of it uh when he mentioned this he told me i should get in contact with uh robert doyle and i did reach out to him and he was very kind and invited me out to his home and i went and spent a few hours with him discussing his work a very passionate man, dedicated scholar. Uh, I'm amazed at how much they have done over the years. Um, I also spoke with Kevin Silliker, who was another person who was working on this uh, project. Um, when So when I interviewed Robert, Kevin, and Tim, all had wonderful things to say about each other, but they were all the three members working on this project that I believe is being funded by Canoe Kayak New Brunswick at this time. Um, so when I got to know them more, cause Robert Doyle has a book, uh, he would like to publish at some point, um, about all the information that he's acquired or, um, found over the years of working on these portage trails. Uh, and as you said, Tim Humes is very informed uh, and yeah, his PowerPoint has so much information and it's ongoing. I believe he said he's taken some of the pictures of the the hike we did that day and adding it into his uh, PowerPoint as well. So maybe Sarah, if you keep inviting Tim, you'll see me and Sean in these pictures. As well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so then uh, I haven't been in touch with Robert Doyle as much. Last time I spoke to him was this summer, but I also hear he's been a very busy man. Um, but we were able to see the wood piles he brought in. Um, <laughs> when we were going through the hike so that he's continuing like just his work of maintaining it which is amazing uh and then reach um, we started to get this hike going since like the beginning of the year too didn't we sean i feel like we started talking about this in spring and tim was very kind to give us some information or some tips about if we don't want to be eaten alive or carried away by mosquitoes <laughs> we should go when it's a little bit cooler which i very much appreciated <laughs> Um, and then when we tried to go, was it Hurricane Fiona showed up? So then we had to yeah. postpone it again. But I remember the day before you guys were still like, yeah, we're going. I go, I'm going. I don't know. And I was like, you, you, I just would say you should not do this. And you guys were like, we'll probably do it. 
you know, it's so funny. I told um because my husband came as well. So I was telling him, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Because we thought we were still going. I was like, I'm going to get underneath a little fallen tree and have you take a picture of me and I'll send it to Allie. <laughs> I would have immediately started crying. <laughs> oh, I would have put, just kidding, right after it. <laughs> I, it's too late. Too late. I would have been crying so hard I couldn't read. <laughs> the damage has been done. Oh, the damage has been done. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we didn't go, thankfully. No tree crushing Tasha, thank goodness. But Ugh, thank goodness. <laughs> then we were able to well, go I, in I November. Tim see that. Oh, Tim went? Yeah. Yeah, that day, the day of the hurricane, he did go. No, uh, Tim. Yeah. I gotta call. Just to check it, just yeah, to see if it was still, if everything was all right. Tim, just the evidence of Fiona there. Like when the guys... trails were there the next day. He could have gone the next day to check on it. Yeah, they had to do a lot of cleanup, didn't they, Sean? After or something? I think he said about fifteen trees that were down. You know what I mean? That uh, that's it that he had to clear out. So yeah, um, I think that that's what he had said. But I, I didn't see that. I mean, pictures. again, I mean, obviously, Tim does. Well, there you go. There you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Underneath but, uh, 15 um, trees. But I, I, I think. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but well, I think Tim, Tim was a giant that day, okay? He went there to try to hold up the trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's true. That's true. <laughs> more about giants in a later episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there will be more. <laughs> So where does this trail start from, or where is where does it end? So um, the trail I, uh, begins kind of the other side of um, of Weirton, uh and I guess is not far uh, from from if again, Tasha, please correct me if I'm wrong. We're not far from the Tamaganops River uh, because we, uh, Tim pointed that out to us on our way, um, and there's kind of a woods road that runs right up right, right through the middle of the trail. Uh, which kind of so to one side you can go and you can go out toward McKay Brook, and on the other side you can head toward uh, Gordon Meadowbrook. Uh, Tash providing the directions. I don't remember which side was which, so I'm glad Tasha does. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha, have you ever worked um, on airplanes? <laughs> I'm so good at this. <laughs> Thank you. My backup job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, Tim was, he's so passionate. And thank goodness that you have someone like that um, taking on these kind of projects because they would not have gotten as far as they have today without the dedication of Tim and uh, Robert Doyle. That's for sure. And he was very... Um, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go right ahead, Tasha. I've been jabbering. You go ahead. Your turn to jabber. <laughs> All I was going to say was just to kind of build on to your point, you know, but the dedication is, you know, he said that there were that many trees down, but I saw no evidence of that on that day. Like, I mean, it was thoroughly Wild. cleaned up. You could, you would have never known, you know. Yeah. That's a good point because remember how when we reached the end of the one side going to, uh, was it McCabe Brook? Um, oh, I can't remember which side it was, but uh, and then we went ahead because he was just kind of cleaning up again as we were walking because mm. he was still cleaning it up as we were going through, and then we went <laughs> through the other way to go to the same side that we were at. 
I believe it was. And you could tell the difference of someone maintaining it and not maintaining it because you had to like push through all like little pieces of twigs or branches and brush that are still there. Whereas he was sitting there with this great big thing, sawing stuff off to allow at least a pathway, but nothing that's too disrupting to the environment or ecosystem there. Like everything he wants to be is like, it still be a natural state. So that way you can actually enjoy nature when you're out there. I am only responsible for the yard that my house is on, and there are still marks of Fiona. And yet, this guy is just like, don't worry about it. I'll clean it while it's happening. And we walked out that weekend. It was a beautiful weekend. I think it was like 22 degrees that day. So I was kind of hot. Like, I had to like take off some layers. I was like, wee woo, holy, need a little clean. <laughs> but it, I'm so glad I'd rather be like that than freeze and or soaking wet, right? But it was yeah, real. I got a lot of pictures. I think I took. Did I send you guys like eighty something pictures? Because I think I had like yeah. ten videos too. Because I think in total it said ninety three things of images and videos. Was like, yeah, camera happy. <laughs> oh no! So you didn't you didn't get to uh, kayak. You walk the trails? We only walked this time, but Tim was very kind to offer that he would take us on a canoe um, through the passages. Where were those two places that meet again, Sean? So Meadow I think Brook. he would, yeah, Gordon Meadowbrook and, and, and McKay Brook. So I think he had offered to take us um, from the Northwest Miramichi um, into, into Gordon Meadowbrook, I think. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, but, uh, that way. And then to kind of bring us, uh, cause I think the other side, um, well, it might be McKay Brook that we're going into. Cause I think Garden Meadowbrook links into like the Nipisiquit and, you know, up into the northern part of the province. I think, um, uh, that's it. Tim is watching this episode and like, you know, freaking out, probably thinking like, you weren't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> all your portages backwards. Does anybody listen to me? <laughs> it's just a lot of information. <laughs> as as right. I understand it, the Portage Trail goes up towards Bathurst, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a circuit through the middle of the province, when which allows you to, to basically, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the an elder here, his name was uh, Newell Sark. He talked about the trails that they used to walk to get to Bathurst and into Ristigwish. And I was thinking, I said, I think that might be the Portage Trail. He didn't call it Portage Trail, but he said a lot of people used to go through that. And then I, and then I was showing uh, Natasha about the tree, remember? And I'm thinking, I wonder uh, if there'd be any evidence of those tree knots in those Portage Trail. Keep my eyes open all the time now for those, seeing if I can find them anywhere. <laughs> I was going to say, not to get off topic, even though it's still related. Uh, when you were talking, uh, one of our first stops is that first bridge, uh, the Tomogonops River, I believe, right? Or, well, mm-hmm. so that first bridge, I actually, after our hike that day, I went to go visit my cousin because I bought some teas off of him and I was just explaining him of uh, uh, the hike and how, how it was such a good time. And, of the locations and that's when he brought up <clears throat> that the Tomogonops River on both sides of the bridge is being a work in progress of getting it to be become protected areas because if you go up the stream uh, the river a bit there is stone there that's referred to as pipestone and it's the only pipestone that's accessible all across Canada for like indigenous communities and that is used for uh, 
uh, smoking their pipe tobacco and making their pipes and whatnot for their ceremonial practices or whatever they may be using it for. Um, and I thought the neat thing was that throughout my research, I came across a few different things, uh, Illinois place names uh, in New Brunswick, an interactive map that had this information about the Tomogonops River and the Tomogonops uh, Lightstone Quarry, uh, which I believe is all in the same area. Uh, it connects to another website of Mi'kmaq folklore that I found, uh, some inf stories that were recorded by Charles Leland, I believe it was, and Silas Rand. Uh, so the connection would be that they had the same name for this area, uh, Miramichi, and translated to Mi'kmaq, it's, uh, I believe it was something that looks like pipe or stone pipe or something like that. Um, I'll definitely have to double check on that, but I thought it was quite interesting that, uh, to know that this river and these trails were not only clearly used by just the indigenous communities in the Eastern area, but whoever came here too to visit from across Canada to access this pipestone, if they were going to get it, they must have accessed these trails as well to get to these places. So I'm just wondering how many cultures, how many, you know, different communities have accessed these trails to, you know, access the same things, whether it's a stone for their pipes or if it was plants for their medicines or something of the sort. And from my understanding, all these trails will cross because it's a big circuit and they cross fresh spring waters after so many, uh, such a distance. So that way they have access to clean water as they're traveling through. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to do a, like a deep dive to see which different cultures used it and for what. Like, did any of that like cross over or was there so much of each culture going in and just specifically looking for that one thing that they know is on that trail? Or I think that'd be something I'm going to make a note about. I think another question that... Um... Tim had or a statement that he brought up, but he says he always um, will think about how long it took for people to, or how amazing it is as well, like both questions, for people in the past to create these trails and to find the right way and like how many times do people get lost. Um, but mm -hmm. then I'm assuming they use their experience or their knowledge passed on from their ancestors. Like when Sarah brought up that she showed me that top notch for guiding um, communities through the woods. Um, oh shoot, I hate when I do that. I, I lost my train of thought. So many <laughs> things going through my head. Uh, was I talking about top notch, finding their way through the woods? Oh, he said getting lost. Getting lost, right. So like how long did it take for this trail to become like, complete in a sense like before they knew this is the way to go like like a point a to point b trail yes yes yeah. <laughs> there got it out <laughs> <laughs> you did it <laughs> and to your point earlier um i think now Tash, you can correct you might remember better than i do but i think this is this is also the section of trail that was uh that had the species inventory done on it so that there was you know the there is kind of a catalog of, you know, the plants that are there. And of course, you and I, you know, and Reg and Tim certainly saw a lot of evidence of the animals that were also, that were also using the trail as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because we've seen um, 
what was it? All these little piles of like, they were pine cones all ripped apart. And at the time I, I didn't clue in, but there were squirrels that like just like ripped them apart to eat them. And there was like huge piles. I was like, oh my God. A little area, <laughs> some were like on top of rocks, some were over there. And uh, uh, like in the bushes, we even found, um, what was it? Gun shell casings. I'm not, I'm, mm. very, I'm not good with the terminology when it comes to that, but we found the casings. We've seen a, like a moose blind with a outdoor half put together porter potty. <laughs> I don't know. I looked old. There was no walls, but there was a toilet. Uh, <laughs> and then we I know, moose tracks coming out of like the portage watt like, area um, that would connect you to the next trail. I even have a picture of my foot next to it. It was like almost the same size. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, so there's definitely a variety. So didn't of- tell you about how the squirrels eat it. No. Yeah. Did Tim tell you how the squirrels eat the nuts? He did not. He told my my students there that he studied the squirrels too. He said, we we assume that the squirrels um, eat the nuts using their teeth. He says, nope, they use their thumbnails to open the nuts. Oh, that's so cute. Which was interesting. Like now I'm watching squirrels by the time I see them how they eat. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I said he must spend a lot of times in the woods just studying animals. Um, we've seen moose doo doo. I don't know what the appropriate <laughs> word to say on here too. I was amazed. I've never seen it before. It was huge. Like wow! Took a picture. Definitely took a picture. Add <laughs> <laughs> that to your slideshow. Moose fertilizer. Yeah, that's a good there idea. you go. <laughs> And all the colors, mm-hmm. it was really pretty to see too, because where it was kind of like fall, so a lot of the stuff was going to sleep, mm-hmm. but all like the the bright orange pine needles all over the ground and the green, and you could feel, it was, it's so different from walking in paved or well-traveled areas all the time because the ground's so solid, but when you're walking on these trails, you can like feel almost like a cushion underneath your feet as you're walking, and it's just almost kind of like surreal in your sense like oh it's so fun like walking on a cloud (laughs) so how long were you guys out hiking for well um i think the hike itself was probably wrapped up by we probably started oh maybe 11 30 around noon maybe something around there you know what i mean we were probably wrapped up at about you know 4 4 30 something like that so yeah and then we were back here uh we met at the office, so we were back here by by about uh, by about six. Now that that being that being said, that's probably because you know what I mean. I, I drove us down a wrong road there for a little while. We, we, we took kind of a scenic route back, but you know, but that's it. But you could uh, have something uh, to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Tasha and Reg were very patient with me. Yeah. You know, what I mean? that's it. That I almost took us to I don't know where, but you know, but we turned around and come back. So what was so it like? <laughs> 68 kilometers to Miramichi or something it was saying. Oh, right. <laughs> Forging your own portage trail. <laughs> there you go. And it must be said that, you know, that while Tasha and Reg and I came out of the woods, Tim remained. Uh, we, we, you know, he, he, uh, he was still working when we left. He, he went back in after he took us out and, you know, uh, had, had some more things that he wanted to do. So, uh, that's it. So, and then he also took a him. class uh, like four days later, he took a class from a high school in as well to go through the trail and 
that's cool yeah. that would be a fun thing to try to like i don't know get more schools involved in yeah. and actually learn instead of just like i remember when i was in high school and they would bring us to French Fort Cove to do hikes and stuff, but we never like talked about our surroundings. Like it was us with our gym teacher. It was never mm -hmm. like, if you stop here, you'll notice on the right that this blah, 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 blah. Like that would be a cool way to actually, there actually are schools that are outdoor schools that you just, your kids go and they learn everything outside. When I lived in Dorchester, uh, the school just across the road from me, that's, a big part of what they did their principal was huge on you should learn from nature you should learn from what's right outside like right around you so a lot of their classes were like outside they had their math classes outside and he um took me for a little tour and showed me that uh there's like this area where basically they just let all the kids like imagination go like wild and they had built all of these like tree houses out of anything they could find around and little like if you ask the kids you know what looked like a pile of brush they were like oh that's you know that's where we sit and where we do our quiet reading and then over here is where we have our castle and you're like whoa <laughs> whoa it'd be cool if we did more mm -hmm. of that with kids and with classes I agree. I've been seeing an influx in that too across the different areas of um, Canada. For example, yeah. I, I first heard about it when my two youngest were doing this preschool uh, center under one sky. They developed well, as well, you know, following other people's leads, but they made a program called Take It Outside. So their older little kids that they were getting, um, they would take it the take it outside program and like you were saying Allie they would go to an area that's wooded they would have a place that they can go in because they would go all year long even in the winter time so you had to make sure they were dressed appropriately because yeah. they would do the snowshoeing they would collect like look at nature look at animals and whatnot so it's really encouraging to see that they're even starting this at the preschool age because it's the yeah there's no bad timing to start that that's for sure <laughs> No, no, exactly. And the younger you start, the more invested in it you are as you grow up too. The more you already know, the more you, you know, just more knowledge. Well, alrighty. Um, as we draw to to a close for this episode, um, any final any final thoughts or questions uh, on uh, on the ancient First Nations portage trails? Be on hurricane watch before you decide to go. <laughs> this is true. Always this check for hurricanes, <laughs> snowstorms. What does excessive heat? What does the word portage mean? <laughs> it's a French word, right? Portage. Well, from my understanding, and I might get this wrong, it was like portage <laughs> would just be like a rough terrain of environment that you're walking through. Was my understanding, but I probably did a very poor job explaining that. <laughs> so what I thought portage was is. Like the like the act of like carrying something. Okay, I was like, I'm French and I'm not a hundred percent sure because it's not a word we just like use regularly in a like chit chat situation. Not anymore, eh? My again, my understanding, and, I, and I'm not saying Ali, you're right. I just said the, the, the no, no, you can rather, say I'm right, Sean. Rather, it's okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Rather, rather that you know what I mean. That's that, that's the definition I was familiar with. The idea was yeah, that you're traveling between two bodies of water, and that you're carrying your canoe. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
which is also, I guess, uh, it's probably worthwhile mentioning that on this portage trail, every 500 meters, there is a rest if you are, in fact, doing that. If you're not hiking and if you're actually carrying a canoe, there's a rest every 500 meters so that you can put, set down your canoe and you can get out from underneath it, which, Amazing. you know, is really kind of considerate for, you know, for folks that are doing that. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah, that's what I've always known it to be was that, yeah, that carrying because like we'll still say like like for example in french to say porter is just like to carry or to bring and that that we use all the time like that or emporter which is to bring you like or i will bring this with me or i'll bring this to you or whatever so it's interesting that portage is just not and I can't speak for everybody, but I don't say the word portage very often. There. <laughs> I highly recommend to try out the trails okay. if you guys have an opportunity to, to anyone, all of our listeners, anyone you guys know, I would recommend it. Reach out to Tim Humes and he will certainly hook you up. Yes. And if you need a canoe, also, uh, Tim runs his own business at EO Depot, so uh, he'd probably be able to fix you up that way too if you, if you were so inclined. Uh, so there you go. That's it. Uh, shameless plug for our tour guide and a friend of the show. Tim well Hughes. deserved. A well deserved <laughs> yes. plug. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, of course, uh, as always, if you have, uh, any information or any other stories related to to this story or others that we've done or what ones that you would like us to do, do please reach out in the comment section below or at linkproject at uh, bowbearsisland.ca. Um, if, like I say, if you'd like us to get in touch with you, we would certainly like to hear whatever you may wish to tell. Um, and so we will return once again next week. We've got a lot of exciting episodes planned in the weeks ahead before uh, the end of this year. Uh, and so we look forward to seeing you and you seeing us uh, in all of them. So uh, from all of us to all of you, all the best and enjoy your day. <laughs>